I'm Sarah Resnick. And I'm LaShawn Moore. And we are the hosts of the Weave Podcast, a project of the weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Hello. Hi, everyone. I hope all is well. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with Carolina Jimenez. In Carolina's weaving practice, she makes monuments, memory signifiers, and vessels into which the past is poured, molded, or reshaped, woven, unraveled, or stretched. These monuments reference the body, her body, and ours. They speak to the magnificence of our daily lived experience and the monumentality of the mundane. And we're very lucky to have her on the podcast this week. Hello, Carolina. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you. Well, it's an honor to have you as well. Can you start out by telling us about your background and where you're from? Sure. Um, So I am an artist and textile designer uh, currently living in Brooklyn. I am Mexican-American. My parents are both from Chiapas. Mexico, which is um, the most southern state of Mexico. Um, I studied architecture undergrad. Um, I worked for a couple of years in architecture, and then I decided to get my MFA for textile design. And that's kind of the path that has led me to where I'm currently at, um, where I can be exploring my weaving um, a few days a week and then part-time working for another uh, textile designer, painter, named Caroline Z. Hurley. Wow. And I'm really curious about your architectural background. Is that Has that in any way sort of spilled over into your fiber practice? Uh, totally. I mean, I think it definitely does, just like all of these other experiences that we have kind of like shapes the way that we see the world and our interests and what we kind of naturally are responding to. Um, So, yeah, I think like a lot of my work now, I'm really thinking about space um, and kind of creating that space with with the viewer and with the audience. Um, Because I think the very first time I knew I wanted to be an architect or at least like learn about it was when I was – I think in sixth grade, my class took a field trip from where I grew up, which is San Diego, California, up to L.A., and we went to the Getty Museum. And when I stood there, there was just this moment of, like, kind of feeling transported. I never felt that way before. And so I think that's one of the really amazing things about the arts, you know, kind of in a whole sense is that it can really transport you. So um, that's, that's, I guess, the entry point into being interested in design and being interested in art um, and really thinking about like humans and how humans are interacting with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a beautiful way to kind of be introduced into a form of art I'm really curious as to how you began working with uh, textiles and weaving specifically. Like, did you learn your skills when you went on to do your MFA or did you kind of start before then? Yeah, I started before then. Um, I was always really interested since 
you know, being little in making. And I was always kind of making cards or painting or, you know, had those like DIY kits where you'd make jewelry. Um, but I think for various reasons, some of which is like coming from the background of like my, my parents being immigrants and, um, like being really invested in education, like arts, you know, per se, wasn't like something that I knew was open to me mm-hmm. as an option, um, which is kind of why I went into architecture because I thought it has this really great blend of art and what I thought would be like math or like engineering, things that I was really strong at in school. Um, but then when I went into my undergrad experience. Um, I really loved being in the studio and thinking about those concepts about space and about people moving through space and the relationship that they have with kind of their larger environment and even like their community. Um, but my very last year, I decided to take a studio outside of the architecture department because you have to take one studio, um, in the architecture department every semester. So I actually landed on weaving. Um, some of that was, I might have an older sister. She's four years older than me and she had been really getting into weaving. And I was like, that seems so cool. Um, as younger siblings usually do, uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm going to try this out myself. So, um, that was my real introduction to weaving. Um, I had been interested in like textiles before. And I taught myself to knit a few years before that in college, just, you know, out of interest. Um, but when I first sat down at the loom after I, you know, you measure your warp and you thread it and you start weaving, then I felt that kind of moment again of like, oh, this is magic (laughs) kind of like, um, very transported and feeling really connected to a, a long history um, of textile arts. And so that's, that's kind of where the seed was planted for weaving. Um, and in those two years where I was living in New York city and working at an architecture firm, I realized that I really missed creating with my hands. Um, and so I bought a loom. Um, I had two wonderful roommates who (laughs) let me keep my giant floor loom in our living room. (laughs) And, and from there, I just started, started making and I knew pretty quickly into that process of like weaving again, um, that I wanted to switch my focus and go back to school, um, so that I could be working with textiles and with weaving. It's amazing that you kind of just jumped right in and got a floor loom. What, what type of floor (laughs) loom did you get? I got a four harness. I think it was um, a Leclerc, Nihilus Leclerc. I think that's what how you say it. Um, but, you know, I was actually listening to an episode with you earlier um, this week, and you were saying something about, like, you were around 24, and you had this, like, quarter-life crisis. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that very much resonated to what I was feeling. Um, you know, I think... I think we don't talk about that enough is like you come out of school and you're expecting like one thing and then you have to kind of start to reintegrate all of these different parts of 
who you are or who you want to be and how that might or might not be aligning with the path that you're on. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely understand that. And of course it resonates with me because I said it previously, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I will absolutely reiterate that, you know, that phase of that moment in time after school where you go from being around people who seem to care a lot about the things that you create and Mm -hmm. care about your thoughts and then kind of going into the world and having these dreams that you dreamt up while you were in college and then having to actually make them come true um it's definitely a challenge all while living life right (laughs) all all while dealing with the everyday struggles of having to exist as a person Mm -hmm. in this society and Mm so I absolutely absolutely understand where you're coming from yeah (laughs) yeah and weaving you know weaving is such a wonderful craft to get into because it is kind of at the intersection of being really creative and being being free but also kind of forcing yourself to stick within a structure mm-hmm. and then also um, being creative at the same time, I find is just such a, a nice balance. C- completely, completely. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I was also drawn to weaving um, because as I said, you know, coming from architecture, it's quite, I mean, the way that it was taught, I guess like the pedagogy of how I was taught um, in school it's very rigorous and um, it's not approached so much as like an art form but as it like its own discipline so Mm. you really need to have like those ideas and reasoning behind each step or like each decision that you're making Um, and I mean that relates a lot to weaving um but at the same time, it kind of stretches and stretches um, who you are. Like it's a really an embodiment of, of each of us who makes it, whether you're approaching textiles as a craft or as a hobby or as an art practice, there's so much of the, the person, the individual within that textile. Um, so much of like your labor really wrapped up in that object, which I think is, you know, so fascinating. Absolutely. And you describe your weavings as monuments and memory signifiers. Can you talk about some of the themes that show up in your work? Totally. Um, so, yeah, I think of those two things as kind of responding to the world in two different ways. Like the monuments is this kind of like external aspect um, or like a way that I want to present textiles in the world. Because I think a lot of time we don't, as a whole, like in our culture, we don't bring them into the foreground, even though we are, it's one of the things that's like surrounding us almost a hundred percent of the time. We're always clothed. We're always, well, not always, but you know what I mean? For the majority of the time we're, we're clothed. We have, um, our woven fabric on us or our knitted fabric on us. Um, and with that, there's just this whole history of material culture and like, material knowledge that's embedded um and actually like my last year of um undergrad for my thesis I was really interested in um, the landscape of kind of like monocultures of 
farming, um, primarily like in the Midwest with like the, the corn crop. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is just really recognizing the stories that one food or one crop, because it's not really used for food in the industrial way that it's farmed. Um, one object is kind of connected to all of these different systems. Um, our, you know, how are we actually getting nutrients into our bodies? Or like, you know, if it's being used for corn syrup rather than like directly eaten, um, what's that effect on bodies? What's that like ramifications of how our kind of cities have been developed um, or, you know, the food stream? Um, so in a similar way, I think like trying to raise textiles to this place where we can really understand its connection to a whole host of um, different individuals along the way. I think that's really powerful. And that's why I'd like to think of them as kind of monuments, because when you make them, they're really the embodiment of a whole bunch of people. And when, Mm. you know, um, the Aztecs created, you know, their huge pyramids or, you know, the Egyptians made theirs. It really is the labor of, you know, hundreds of people all along the way. Um, and I would hope that if you're standing in front of my work, you start to feel a little, a little bit of that. Um, and it kind of reframes your understanding of what a textile is or what it can be. So that's the monuments part of it, which is really like a position that I, I want um, textiles to have in the world. And then the second part, which you said was like the memory signifiers, that's really an internal part, um, which... I guess maybe because of the nature of my practice or kind of my response to a natural tendency that I have of um, kind of longing or nostalgia. Um, Making textiles for me is a way to kind of embed my own experiences in a physical way that I can kind of look back on look back on or touch back on. Um, I think part of that um, for me is being a second generation American um, and being really aware of a sense of like loss for what it means for my parents to have left their country or even the kind of loss of being within a culture that um, you have deep roots to, um, you know, where you all get to speak like a native language together or have traditions or even just like be able to spend extended amounts of time with family. Um, so I think since childhood, it's always felt like those moments are really precious. And so I would always kind of like, keep those memories and like treasure those memories. So right now my work is starting to kind of unearth each of those moments and try to um, reflect them back, you know, and I hope also that it, um, it invites others to do the same and to really like look at those fleeting moments in their life that, 
they treasure and kind of encourage them to keep those close to them. It's so beautiful. And I can see a lot of those themes really reflected in your garment series. I'm really interested if you can describe what that project entails and what inspired you to begin it. Sure. Um, so that project, I think, has really what started a few months after graduation from my MFA program. Um, and I really wanted to take a look at a garment, as I was saying, because it's tied in all of these different processes to different people or there's so much like labor embedded into them. Um, I wanted to just create like a small series um, using like unique yarns and um, where at the time I thought that I would be kind of doing everything from like, you know, that yarn stage on to the finished garment stage. And as I went, it really started to um, help me understand what I wanted my practice to look like. So at this point, I've woven all of the pieces, and now I have um, started working with a friend of mine who actually knew each other as acquaintances from undergrad. And then through the time that we've been in, in New York City, um, she's she's a close neighbor like we live 10 minutes away from each other right now um she was one of the only people that i could see um during quarantine and so we would meet and we would walk or we do walk around our neighborhood you know masks on and um she was just getting back into sewing and in like a like making that her work and so I feel really lucky to be able to work with her and to start to create like a community of people who were all kind of thinking about these same issues and um, wanting to share our stories. So um, through the course of that, I really realized like in my MFA program, it was really like design oriented. So I went in with like, a game plan. Like I made my samples like you do in school. And then I like set my little timeline for starting to weave everything. And then I realized that, um, it's just, that's not the way that I want to approach my work. Like I think everything has to, for me has to come kind of like step by step and naturally evolve. So it's been a really great project in that way. Um, and I'm just really excited to be able to share it soon. And, um, part of that is really to share the whole process. So we're working on like a little booklet to really describe the entire process of what it means to take yarn and turn it into a shirt or a jacket. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I'm really curious because you mentioned that you have someone that you've been able to collaborate with in this, you know, pandemic where mm -hmm. community has begun to mean something so incredibly different. I'm really curious what's your surrounding community like? Do you have the opportunity to work with other weavers and fiber artists or... Are you, would you say that you have a, a, a good community of online weavers and fiber artists that you connect with? 
Um, I would say both. I think um, I feel very fortunate to live in New York City um, and to live in Brooklyn. And there is actually quite a few uh, hand weavers here. Um, and I have been able to connect with a lot of them through Instagram um, and then meet in person, you know, do like socially distanced meetups, even in this past year, like at a park. Um, I feel very fortunate for that. Um, and also people who aren't necessarily weavers or like fiber artists, but people who are interested in, um, you know, who have their own little like clothing brands. Um, mm. So I mentioned my friend who's helping me. So her name is Nyla Wright. Um, and then I have a friend, Cass Maria, who has like her own project of sewing kind of one-offs or commissions. And then she started to sell to stores. Um, a friend, Sarah Nisikak, who has, um, she's Nigerian American and she started something in the pandemic, um, which is just a, an incredible project. Just, you know, just being open to meeting people, it's really fun. And I think there are so many people who, as you said, are kind of looking for a connection right now. Um, so I actually think that my community has grown more um, in the pandemic. And maybe it's also like that I'm clear in the direction that I want to be heading in. Um, but yeah, it's it's been, you know, despite the terrible things that have happened this year, it's been like the biggest glimmer of hope. Yeah. And that's kind of been the overarching theme that most people have, have kind of pointed to for 2020 and going into 2021, where it was such a difficult year to kind of push through. But I think through it socially, we've all kind of come together and it seems like everyone has had a moment of like reprieve where they can really think about what they want out of life mm -hmm. and, and the people around them and the environment. I mean, so much has, has happened. And I, I guess it's, it's mainly the power of time and space, right? Mm -hmm. like the power of where time and space create the opportunity for a person to go closer to themselves. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think as you're saying, I think that that part really resonated of like, what do you want the world to look like? Um, mm -hmm. And how are you going to help shape that? And I think a lot of that is, you know, creating relationships with other people who are making and who see the world in a similar way and um, lifting each other up in that. I think that's huge um, because I think like we're, we have to kind of start in a, in a new way, like forget that old system, you know, um, and we'll just start, you know, start fresh kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And do you have any new projects that you're working on? Through kind of the beginning of the pandemic, when I, when we all started spending more time at home, I really committed myself to working at my loom. Um, and out of that has developed a series of kind of like woven paintings, I guess you would say. Um, and that's something that I'm, I'm really excited about and I'm really excited to like continue to explore. Um, I think one of the, I was just listening to a podcast while I was working and, um, the host was saying like, 
If there's someone out there whose work you like, but you're having some sort of like response to and saying like, oh, I would do, I would do this this way instead, then just make that thing. Um, and the way that I framed it is I've seen a lot of artists who are trained painters use weaving, um, as their medium to create paintings. And that's what they call them. Um, and I really recognize in that work, um, while I actually think it's really beautiful, um, they use textile as like, um, like a, a plane almost, or just like, as they would any, any textile that they would find, um, regardless of like whether they had been the one to, to, to weave it. So I was thinking about like, what, how would a weaver make a painting? And I think a lot of that is thinking about it as an aggregation of like, of lines and of time kind of. Um, so I'm making works that use double weave, um, and are kind of made in strips, um, and have like unwoven areas that I think actually to me look a lot like, um, brushstrokes and trying to have a conversation with, um, the larger discipline of art and thinking about like weaving and textiles place within that. So that's what I've currently been working on. I'm hoping to photograph those new pieces and be able to start sharing them in like a full way very soon. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the way that you just described that was so, I mean, I just, I kind of saw it and I never thought about it in the way that you just worded it. You know, if you think literally about the way painters paint on canvas, a canvas is a mm -hmm. woven piece of fabric mm -hmm. um, and it is seen as more of a vessel for painting as opposed to an intrinsic part. Maybe not intrinsic, but because it is an intrinsic part, but um, as opposed to a prominent component. Um, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's so interesting. I'm so excited to see those pieces. I hope that by the time this airs, we can have some images so people can yes. put a face to the work. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, I really hope so, too. And it's just, you know, it's really exciting. I think it's the beginning up a very long road, I hope. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm really excited about. And where can people go on social media and the internet to follow your work? Um, you can find me at um, my website, which is Carolina, and that's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-A -A dash Jimenez, and that's J-I-M-E-N-E-Z. And then at Carolina underscore, underscore, underscore Jimenez, um, on Instagram. Amazing. It's been wonderful talking to you. And I have one question that I ask everyone that joins a podcast. And that is, do you have any advice or words of wisdom to share with weavers and fellow textile enthusiasts? Sure. Um, I think my biggest piece of advice is just to really think about what the process means to you and to not let like other people's ideas for what 
your practice is really shape what you want to get out of it. Let it be true to what you see in the world. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap. If you're interested in supporting some of the projects mentioned in our conversation or to see a full transcript of this week's episode, you can find links in the show notes at www.justyarn.com slash episode 134. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Until next time, happy weaving. <laughs>